The Group, Session 9. Nova rolled her chair over to begin group. Reginald looked anxious as he looked about at everyone with a nervous smile as he tapped his fingers on his knees. What's wrong with you? Dolly barked in her usual abrupt manner. Dolly, Nova said, interrupting. Before you answer that question, Reginald, I would like all of us to pause for a moment as I ask Dolly to qualify her curiosity of you. Nova turned to Dolly. When you say, what's wrong with you in such a curt way, it doesn't give Reginald or the group a clear understanding if you're actually asking a question or making a statement. Can you see this, Dolly? Dolly looked at Reginald and then back at the group. She felt furious. Very well, she replied stiffly through pursed lips. Reginald, you look like you're about to burst. I wonder what's happening for you. She feigned her interest in him before rolling her eyes dismissively. Reginald looked at Nova to see if he should answer. Reginald, how do you feel about Dolly's question? Then her eye roll, Nova asked. Reginald felt awkward. Well, Dolly, when you first asked me what's wrong with me the way you did, I guess I felt a little attacked, like I have to find a reasonable excuse to explain myself for annoying you, Reginald told her. But just now when you said I look like I'm about to burst, it gives me a better understanding of how I may have been looking to you all. And then you added that you wondered what's happening for me and it felt like you cared for a moment until you rolled your eyes, like I'm pathetic or even of no importance. I see my kids roll their eyes at me all the time and, well, it makes me feel like I'm annoying them and I'm not sure, not respected, I suppose, Reginald finished. Dolly, can you share something about what Reginald has described, Nova asked. Dolly shook her head slightly. Well, I didn't mean for you to take so much offense. Really. I only rolled my eyes because Nova is making such a big deal out of nothing. We aren't in play school, you know, Dolly defended herself. Dolly, do you always get everyone offside with you, Tony asked. What do you mean, Dolly asked. Oh, come on. Reginald was all jittery when we first sat down. You all saw it. I really don't see what the problem is. We are meant to ask questions of each other, after all, Dolly protested. For God's sakes, it was a simple question. Why is it such a big deal? Dolly complained. Helena sat forward. 
Dolly, from the start of tonight, you sounded angry. It's like we all just have to tolerate your bluntness because, as you told us one time, it's just the way you are, Helena finished. Dolly looked about at everyone. Okay, well, it's not like Reginald is the only one that has things going on in his world, you know? He was just sitting here jittering away, and I know we're all going to focus on whatever is happening for him, and, well, when is anyone else going to get a turn? Dolly shared. Nova nodded. So, Dolly, I'm wondering if Reginald's body language indicated to you the need for group's attention, and it interrupted what you hoped to share with everyone tonight, Nova asked. Dolly felt her anger subside as tears welled in her eyes. It's okay, I can wait, Dolly said, dismissing Nova's query. Reginald felt his anxiety settle as he focused on what Dolly had shared. Dolly, I hear what you're saying. Sometimes my family tells me I'm not really interested in them. I suppose I get so consumed with my own anxiety, it's overwhelming for others, and maybe my anxiety drowns them out. Reginald paused a moment. I feel them turn off whenever I enter the room sometimes, unless I've got something to give them, Reginald added. Ah, Paul said, the gifts. Buying their attention and interest in you, he said, remembering their earlier discussions about Reginald leading with offerings. You know they can't see you when they're distracted by gifts either. You're setting yourself up for them to turn to the new object in the room, Paul added. Reginald nodded as he allowed himself to know something new. So what are you all hearing so far? Nova asked. Tony furrowed his brows. Well, it sounds like Reginald is so consumed by his abandonment fears, he's not able to tune into others' needs. And when he feels them become annoyed or disrespectful, he turns back to give them gifts. So yeah, Reginald is not really allowing anyone else to have any space. So, as Dolly said, when is he interested in them, he asked. Trixie and Helena nodded as Reginald listened. So Dolly comes out swinging to find space for herself as Reginald's anxiety starts to take over the room, Trixie added. Okay, these are all interesting ideas for you to consider and wonder about with each other more fully, Nova replied. Then noticed Reginald appeared calm. Reginald, you don't seem as anxious right now. Has something changed? Nova asked. Reginald looked at the group, nodding. Yes, Nova, I was thinking on the way here about sharing something that's been on my mind to tell you all, and I've been going over and over the reactions you all might have and getting pretty anxious about it. So I suppose Dolly could feel me, and it interrupted her own intentions. Helena spoke next. Dolly, couldn't you have just said there was something you wanted to talk about instead of attacking Reginald? Oy, Dolly felt exasperated. Look, I grew up in a busy, noisy family. If you don't jump in and take a place for yourself, you don't get seen or heard at all. 
It's just my way, that's all. Nova heard Dolly's rationale, minimizing the group's feedback about her abrasiveness. So, what it seems you're describing, Dolly, is a reenactment of your family system. It makes sense you're using the same approach here if you feel the same rules apply, but they don't. The social norms are different here from the ones you grew up in. We need to ask for what we want in the group with consideration of this moment with other adults. Like you identified earlier with Reginald, leading with his anxiety about what he anticipates might happen here, rather than working with you all with his words. Dolly looked about at everyone. So you're saying that's what Reginald used to do to get attention when he was a kid and wasn't allowed to talk about his feelings. So he found another way not to be silenced, just like me finding a way, Dolly asked, now interested in the behaviors learned long ago. Right, Nova replied. At the very least, it's something we can wonder about as you all work to continue to find a way to feel seen and understood. Nova noticed the group sitting with their own thoughts, so she continued speaking to bring them back together as a unit, exploring new ground. Tonight, Reginald, led by his nervous energy in the hope of it being loud enough for you all to begin with him. As he described, he's been preparing himself to share something with you all, and he expects you all to react harshly or in a disapproving way. He's not been able to read the appropriateness of whatever it is he wants to share before assessing if it's the best time for him to be listened to or understood. Ah, I get it. Paul said. If Reginald just blurted out whatever before reading the openness of the group, we may all just hear it then, shut down if it's too much, like he fears. Right, Nova said, and this could leave him feeling as he expects, abandoned, rejected, or judged harshly, or even regretful, he confessed. I would also suggest Reginald might even expect his abandonment by you all as a just punishment for whatever he has already judged himself harshly for. Of course, this is not helpful. Confessionals are not part of group. Sharing and exploring is. Does this make sense, Nova shared? Everyone nodded as they sat with the intervention that was unfolding in group. So, Reginald, did you want to tell us something? Helena asked. Reginald sat with his story, contemplating for a moment before answering. Well, I guess I'm just sitting with what I've learned right now. It's a revelation to me, really. I guess I always see myself as a victim of others, really. I kind of hope others will fuss over my anxiety and make me feel better, but it never works that way. It's too much for others. They feel drowned out. I see that now. Reginald shared feeling remarkably challenged and open to understanding more about what he projects into the people he cares for. Do you do this in your business world too? Tony asked. Reginald smiled as he shook his head incredulously. You know, Tony, it's the strangest thing. When I'm at work, I have a completely different persona. I feel different, confident. I have no problem asking for what I need or expect from my subordinates. It's different. It's a money game, you know.
Ah, there it is again, Paul announced. Your emotional currency is money. It's your superpower, just as Tony's is his ability to care and heal sick kids. Paul turned to Trixie, and yours is the ability to make others more beautiful, if only they would let you, he added. Helena looked hopeful. Do I have one, Paul? she asked meekly. Paul looked at Helena. I'm not sure you've told us much about your superpower yet, other than you're a workhorse, carrying the huge load of a whole other person on your back, Paul shared. Helena nodded, agreeing, before looking to Dolly. Dolly, I guess I'm learning a lot from you. I tend to feel myself want to protect others from your aggressiveness. I think I need to let others carry themselves more. Really, it's up to each of us to speak directly to you if we feel you're being abrasive. I suppose giving you that direct feedback might help you to see yourself through another's eyes. This feels like a new family to me, the one that I could speak in and learn to let others talk for themselves, too, Helena said, looking around at everyone. Trixie smiled at Dolly. So, speaking of families, how's that disaster zone of yours going, she asked. Dolly raised her eyebrows, surprised at Trixie's question. Dolly took a breath and exhaled deeply before bracing herself to talk. Bob has left me, she said flatly. The group felt Dolly pull away. Tony asked, who is Bob, your husband? Dolly laughed sarcastically. For God's sake, Tony, I'm not talking about my bloody parrot flying away, she rasped. Shit, Dolly, your dry humor is like a bomb going off, Paul laughed as the other group members smiled uncomfortably. I don't want to laugh about Bob leaving, but the image of Bob being a parrot and escaping the cage is kind of hilarious. Paul looked about, seeking feedback. Trixie laughed. Yeah, imagine if Bob was the family pet parrot. Reginald and Tony laughed a little too before settling with Dolly's awkwardness. Well, he may very well have been the bloody pet parrot for all he's been worth, Dolly announced angrily. He's a pain in the arse. He's done this before. He'll be back. Dolly shook her head dismissively, although appeared unconvinced by her own words. How many times has he left? Trixie asked. Three. That's including this time, Dolly replied matter-of-factly. What makes you so sure he's coming back? Tony asked. Oh, he's weak. He's not the sort of man that can survive on his own for long. Dolly turned her nose up as if she was no longer interested in the subject. So why did he leave, Dolly? Trixie pressed. Dolly turned back. Ha! Huh? He says he can't do anything right to please me. He calls me a nag. Dolly shook her head as she spoke. Well, why should I stay quiet if he makes a mess of things? He's an intelligent man, but he's lazy, so he doesn't put any effort into doing things right, and then expects me not to complain. Ugh, he's so annoying. In the end, he leaves everything for me to do. And, well, on one hand, I'd rather do it myself so it gets done right, but I work long hours. I just don't have the time to do everything, you know. Dolly sounded exhausted. I'm probably better off without him anyway, she added. 
So how long was your husband gone last time? Trixie asked. Dolly thought, then answered. Two weeks. God, he can't even leave properly. Everything is half-arsed with him, Dolly complained. So why do you take him back? Trixie asked. Dolly's stoic position began to crumble. Well, I've got kids, you know, so I've asked him to stay at least till the kids are grown. It's the least he could do. He's their father, she replied. So he comes back because of the kids? Helen asked. Yes, Dolly replied as her bottom lip quivered. But what about you, Dolly? Paul asked. What about your needs? Dolly looked at Paul and felt his compassion for her. I'm too busy to think about that, Paul. That can wait. So your husband has left you three times, and he comes back because you asked him to for the kid's sake, Trixie reiterated. So how are you meant to find your confidence in the family unit? Is that why nothing he does is good enough, Trixie asked. What do you mean, Dolly questioned. Well, I just wonder if you feel like you're playing the waiting game until the kids are old enough for him to leave you permanently, Trixie asked. It seems the older they grow, the greater the risk of Bob not returning. Dolly, that would keep anyone on edge. Dolly looked around at everyone, then burst into tears. I know you all think I deserve it. Admit it. You all think you'd be better off without me. Dolly continued to cry as she spoke. I work bloody hard, you know. All my kids have had private school education, braces, and all the fandangled bits and pieces a kid could want. My husband hasn't missed out either. He's got a speedboat, a four-wheel drive, all his camping gear, and as many holidays as he wants with his buddies when they go fishing upstate. What one of these bloody people want? I don't think it's too much to ask them to tidy their rooms, do some housework, cut the grass, put the laundry on, but no. No, leave that all for Dolly. Dolly can do everything. The group felt Dolly's hopelessness and sat with her disappointment, anxiety, and desperation. Dolly, I wonder if you could share with the group how your home life compares to your work life. What are the similarities and what are the differences? Nova asked. Dolly looked intensely at Nova as she pondered a moment before answering. There doesn't seem to be much of any difference. They're all mostly half-arsed pissants, Dolly said angrily. Nova nodded. I see. Is there anyone who is not half-assed or pissant in your work or home life? Dolly nodded. Yes, she said. My youngest is okay. He's always trying to fix what the others can't be bothered doing. He gives it a good go, but he's pretty useless because he's only ten years old. I see him try to rescue the others. Probably a bit like you, Tony, or even you, Helena. He's trying to carry the others. Hmm. Dolly thought a moment at what she just said and then pushed it from the front of her mind, then added, Well, there is one young girl at work. She's probably in her mid-twenties, I suppose. She tends to chase me around to make sure I'm happy. But I can see what's not being done. That's why they're all scared of me. Every now and then a few of the workers will leave at one time. But good riddance. If you're not prepared to do the job properly, 
might as well give someone else a turn, Dolly said, now feeling stronger and more self-righteous with her stance. So you sound like a tough boss, Dolly, Paul said. I think if I were a parrot in your home, I might fly the coop too. Dolly looked at Paul. Oh, I thought of everyone here, you were the one person that liked me, Paul. You take in all those hobos, but somehow I'm not good enough for you, Dolly asked. Paul thought a moment, then replied, Well, I do like most of you, but you know you're a bossy woman. You said Reg filled the room with his anxiety earlier tonight, and, well, your bossiness is a pretty big force, you know. I'm more taken by your humor, actually. I like that you're smart and quick-witted. I like that you're pretty fearless with taking on massive projects and having a high standard. But man, oh man, you are one bossy woman. When do you get to appreciate others' creativeness? Paul felt himself speak freely. You know, I remember painting some bossy people in the past. They want it done yesterday. Anyway, this one time I painted a teenager. She was a natural beauty. Her parents forked out a lot of dollars for this piece, but it was the most annoying thing. She wouldn't sit still. She kept running to see my work long before I was finished. Her impatience was off-putting. She complained, saying I wasn't a good painter. She called me names while I painted. In the end, I gave her a rather unflattering portrait. She looked mean. She was actually an attractive teenager, but all that came through her was her rudeness and her pain. She was hurt deep down, of course. Just the way I feel about you, Dolly, Paul finished. Dolly rested with Paul's words. So you like most of me, you said. I'll take that. Thanks for being honest, Paul. I like most of you, too, she added, giving him an honest smile. Nova nodded as she watched the group working together, growing a greater ability to express themselves. I'm very interested in the group work tonight. I wonder if any of you would like to share your thoughts about your experience before we finish, Nova asked. So why don't you get mad at Paul the way you get mad at everybody else, Helena asked. I'm not mad at everybody, Dolly said. I get frustrated, that's all, she replied. Tony leaned toward Dolly. Dolly, remember that time Nova said it looks like you come out swinging and it eases your tension for a bit, then you rest again to hear what's happening? Something like an eruption, then calm again. Well, it looks like an exhausting way to be. And I've got to say, it's quite exhausting to be with you as your emotions go up and down all the time. I agree with Paul. I can hear you're smart and funny even, but your force is hard to tolerate for me too. I just wonder how you came to be that way. As you say, you had to fight for a place or a voice at home when you were a kid. But why is that still happening, Tony continued. You have your own family now and you have obviously done well in your career. So who are you fighting, really? Tony finished. Dolly nodded. Okay, so I suppose that's what I'm really trying to find out, Tony. I'm so tired of the fight, Dolly said, looking around at everyone. 
the group sat with Dolly's final words of the evening. Thank you, everyone. See you all next week, Nova said as she gestured the end of the session. <laughs>